Artists should have the resources they need to do the work that runs through their veins. And with the gathering of resources, we will one day abolish the phrase, starving artist. Day and night, the movement does not cease, for creativity never sleeps. We are Artists Uprising. Welcome to the Artists Uprising podcast. I'm your host, Cabis, with a very special guest. We go a long way back. I'm so happy to have you here. This is my good friend, journalist, and author, Paul Salfin. How are you doing, Paul? I'm doing great. How about you? Can't complain, man. Well, thank you for sharing your time with us. I'm super grateful for this opportunity to actually talk to you, uh, be on the other side, and uh, just catch up, man. Um, First off, I'd love to know where you developed the love for what you do. It's uh, it's a lifelong love of... of, um I guess what I'm doing now, uh, which which incorporates all the things that I do love, which is music, movies, and travel. Right. Uh, so it started out when I was in high school. Uh, I don't know if you had one of those like broadcasting classes like we did. It was like those those little TVs that are yeah. bolted up in the yes in the uh, in the corner like prison, and uh, everybody <laughs> had to watch it like prison. <laughs> and um, and it was uh, it was so bad. Like, I, I really hope the footage doesn't exist out there, but it's uh, all the students doing, like, uh, sports, weather, news, you know, and just fumbling through it. And so um, I always thought I'd be behind camera because, I don't know, look at me. I look like a thumb, you know? And, uh, and so, well, I, I certainly did then. In high school, oh, man, at the rock T-shirts, probably, like, <laughs> plus a mullet and, like, you know, like, um, you know, ripped jeans. Like, but you did not want to put me on camera. But maybe the teacher thought it was funny, so he did. He put me on weather. And everybody thought I was, um, I don't know, maybe uh, high or something, and I wasn't. I was just sleepy, you know? And so here I am going, today, and, you know, they're holding up the, you know, it's like 70 and cloudy. I'm like, it's 70, and I'm like squinting, you know? And they're just like, what is wrong with this guy? And so the teacher, you know, looked at me and thought, oh, this guy's never going to be on TV. Well, hey, he's like this little tiny gruff guy, and he goes, uh, you like uh, music, uh, go talk to some bands. And so me and my friend Joe, we took the big clunky camera and we went downtown to, in Philadelphia to every big club and stadium and tour bus door and side door and just, just knocked and like, um, hey, our show sucks, will you be on it? And, uh, and every last band said yes. Two high school kids mm-hmm. knocking on the door and they were just letting you in because you know this wouldn't fly nowadays. But oh no, no, <laughs> it was just because it was the dark ages, and and they were just like, ah, are you supposed to be here? Like, eh, okay, you know, and they, you know. They, you got to tell me though, like, I mean, you're you're getting all this great content. You're interviewing all these mm-hmm. artists. What does your professor say when you take it back to him? Oh yeah, so we went we went back and and I said uh, I was like I was all excited to show them the footage, and he literally smacks his head and he goes. I met bands in the school, you know, and I was like, oh, no. I was just so dejected, you know, no. like, I, I, I go, oh, um, hmm. and he's, he's like, but yeah, good job, I don't know how you pulled it off, and so that was kind of like the bug that bit me, I was like, but wait, this is what I want to do, you know, so then I got to college at Penn State, and I went to the newspaper, and I said, okay, so in high school, I interviewed these bands, and I think I could do it here for you know, our school paper. And they go, no. Like, what does that have to do with our school? And I was like, ah, you know. And, uh, and so I was managing a record store. And uh, we had you know, artists come in, and so I just started interviewing them. And uh, for, we created an online music magazine. And it was kind of like the Wild West days of, 
uh, that kind of thing. Right. And so I just made these just wild requests, you know, just everybody you know, that I could think of. Um, and in Philadelphia at the time, there is the weekly paper, which did all the cool, you know, hip bands, and then the, and then the uh, newspaper, which cared about kind of more the classic bands. And so everybody in between, they just kind of left alone. So I was the guy in Philadelphia <laughs> that caught everything else. Wow. And so I got so lucky. All throughout college, I got to interview John Paul Jones from Led Zeppelin wow. and Mick Taylor from The Stones. And uh, gosh, I got lucky on some, some people that were just emerging, like Kid Rock that I befriended and you know, things like that. And it was just, it was just cool, you know? Um, and I just got to go on, do, do a lot of things and hang out with a lot of people. I probably probably had no business talking to, but they, I don't know if they took pity on me or, or they just thought, oh, sure, I'm, I'm here, you're here. Right. And they gave me the time. And, you know, just so many great memories of like, you know, just traveling. You know, it was kind of like almost famous, but I guess, you know, the... So in uh, a lot of ways, those were like your formidable years as far yeah. as like shaping you as a journalist. Was music just like the one thing that you wanted to cover or was mm -hmm. that just the thing that was there at the moment and because of the experience you had in high school you're like I'm just gonna cover music yeah. was there ever a moment where you're like I want to cover something else outside of music in the entertainment field oh gosh I've just always had just such a love for music and I played in a band in high school and in college and it was just a thrill to be able to sit down with just the people I grew up listening to yeah. and um, discovering new artists and being able to hang out with them and see kind of how the real people do it, you know? Yeah. And then, um, and then when I moved here, uh, my father's been doing film, uh, film reviews for years since I was a kid. So he used to take me to screenings. And so, you know, he was taking me to screenings here and I met a guy and he goes, yeah, you should write for us and do some interviews. You can interview some actors and directors. And I was like, no way, you know, cause I've always loved movies too. And he just gave me a chance and I had to just right off the bat, like one of the first ones was Tom Cruise and, you know, like I just kept going, you know, Nicolas Cage and just kept, you know, finding myself in front of all these big people. And then once you do that, you know, people are like, well, I guess he's all right. Yeah, put him in. <laughs> so because a lot of times they, they just don't want their talent to be embarrassed, you know, or in a bad situation. And so they would almost rather have you uh, if they know you'll do a good interview even more so if you're if you have a big publication you're a jerk you know because because right. then it just ruins the day so yeah would you remember like what that experience was like getting to interview someone of like tom cruise's stature mm -hmm. at such an early stage yeah uh it was just <laughs> uh, it was uh, it's it's still a thrill you know every day uh i do just about every day i do several interviews and um and now with zoom you know that just you know, wake up in the morning and I've got three or four to look forward to. And uh, it's pretty cool. Um, so, and it's still a thrill, you know. It, right. I'm talking to people who are the best in the world at what they do. And now it's, of course, it's not just music, it's movies. Talk to astronauts, uh, athletes, um, world leaders, politicians, you know. All, it's all over the place. And uh, authors and just to just to get inside their brain and see what makes them work and see how they did what they did is pretty great and you kind of realize that a lot of them have a similar story right where they just kind of they just kind of went for it right you know even if it wasn't right or even if it was you know it wasn't the right way you'd be surprised how many people slept in their cars or 
borrowed money from their parents or pretended to be a catering person somewhere, you know, to get in. And, and uh, then you realize, okay, maybe I'm not such an alien. Right. <laughs> well, you know, when asking questions to like huge names in, in the entertainment world, I would see a lot of interviews and, you know, the guests, when they're asked these questions, they're like, that's a really good question. I'm usually asked the same question all the time. When it comes to like your prep, like when you prep for someone, you know, to interview someone, what's that process look like? Mm -hmm. And over the years, how much has that changed from when you started to like now? Like what's that work yeah. look like beforehand? I probably shouldn't say this, but I don't prep at all, really. <laughs> I, I, I honestly just think about like, okay, if I was sitting next to someone on a plane, what would I want to know about them? You know, like, oh, that's it. Well, I know enough about what they're doing, of course, if they have a new movie, a new uh, album or what they've done. But I don't, I don't sit there and take notes. I don't, I don't have notes with me. I think yeah. it's distracting, you know, and they're always kind of trying to look and see like, oh, what are you getting into next? I go in knowing the first question and then the rest is just a conversation. Um, and so, of course, you have to touch on whatever it is that they're promoting, um, you know, whatever it is they have coming out that they're, is the reason they're there. But, I, you know, I always like to get into, you know, like if, if it was, you know, if they're an actor, what was that first movie that you saw that made you just go, oh, that's what I want to do. And how cool is it that you're here now, you know? Right. And musicians, same thing. Like what concert did they see that just kind of was like, oh, I can do this. Um, or authors, what book they read, you know? And then I like to figure out like what they tell other people, you know, what kind of advice they would give. And then um, on, you know, I co-host with Drew Pearson from Dallas Cowboys. And uh, he caught the Hail Mary. And so our signature question on the show is the Hail Mary moment, which is the moment in your life or career. We just had to go for it and it worked out for you. Um, and then, yeah, I just, just like to get in there and just, you know, see what makes them great. And it's, I, I stay away from, you know, bad topics, things that make people mad, things that make people uncomfortable. And, um, you know, just really highlight them. The good and, stuff. Yeah. How did you, you were working in journalism, like mm -hmm. paper, print. When did the transition uh, go into television? Ah, <laughs> that's a funny one. When I met Drew Pearson. So <laughs> okay. his producer, I met Drew at a party. And uh, he goes, well, this is Drew Pearson from the Dallas Cowboys. And he, uh, he's got a show coming out on Fox Sports next week. And I was like, oh, that's so cool. Well, hey, if you ever need an ugly white guy to come on and do celebrity interviews, I'm your guy. And he goes, I'll see you on Thursday. And that's literally how it happened. There is no audition. No way. I, I kid you not. There, there's, no, there's no audition. There's no tape. He hadn't seen anything. He just figured, well, just like a team, like, come on, run. And if it doesn't work, we cut you. You know? And, and it's the same thing. So, uh, so, yeah. How long ago was that? This was 10 years ago, 2012. Right place, right time. Yeah, it really is. And that's, there's, that's so much of life, you know, is... And, and I realized that in talking to all these people is there is so much right place, right time. Of course, you have to have the talent and you have to be ready to, to jump if someone goes, yeah, OK, go ahead. You know, uh, this weekend I was at Texas Frightmare Weekend, <clears throat> which is a big horror movie convention. And so I'm on stage doing interviews with uh, all the people that played like, you know, Michael Myers and Freddie and you yes. know, that kind of thing. And so the guy who played Michael Myers. Uh, you know, in the first movie, there's like four people because they just, they had no budget and they're just like, hey, can you throw on the mask? And, you know, they, they didn't know. They yeah. didn't think it was going to be a big deal. And the second one, 
the guy, uh, he's just a stunt coordinator, and you know, just uh, somebody had to take a fall, and he's walking by the office, and he sees the mask laying, and he'd never even seen the first movie. You know, it's funny, because they didn't have, it's not like on demand, they could go watch, right. he's like, eh, I missed it. And, uh, <laughs> and so he sees the mask on the desk, and he picks it up, and he puts it on, and he goes to say hi to the director, and he's like, who the hell are you? And he goes, and he just stands there, he goes, no, who the hell are you? You know, and he pulls up, and he goes, oh, I'm the stunt coordinator, and he's like, <laughs> and then um, he goes, oh, is there any reason I couldn't? You know, put on the mask and play us. He goes, I don't know. Ask Deborah, who's the producer. And then he goes and asks Deborah Hill, the producer. Right. Yeah. Any reason I can't play this? He's like, she goes, no. And <laughs> that's how he got to play Michael Myers. Right. Like, place, they didn't even right have guy. like the person, and they're just like, yeah, okay. they're just gonna throw someone, have someone throw on the mask, and and there's really so many of those stories, and um, you know, and what we call those hail mary moments. You know, there's, gosh. Uh, there's so many great ones, but you know, kind of, you know, the one that comes to mind that that uh, that I always love is Josh Duhamel from Transformers. You know, he was in I think North Carolina, borrowed a few hundred bucks from his mom, took his Ford Taurus or whatever with three hundred thousand miles, and just drove across the country. And his mom was crying and didn't want him to go, but he went and. I think he worked in the stock room of the Gap, and then he became the face of the Gap, or something like that. But it was just, you know, it's just those taking those leaps Chance of faith. Moments, yeah. yeah. And um, and there's so many of those. Just, just uh, you know. I mean, speaking things. of leaps, though, mm -hmm. I mean, you're taking a leap on this. Yeah, photo. I am. <laughs> what is the story behind this? Well, uh, if you notice the the head wrap there, I'm I'm in Dubai. Okay. Um, so I do, in addition to movies and music, all that stuff, I do some travel features. And uh, the tourism board for Dubai asked me to come over and do a travel feature. I'm like, oh yeah, twist my arm, go and go to Dubai and talk about how great it is. Yeah, sure. So I went and, um, you know, it's my signature jump. I kind of do a totally running signature. leap. Yeah. And I've kind of done it all over the place, but this one was it's kind of a cool shot. Um, and then uh, another thing, just by asking, so, um, the contact for the tourism board took uh, took me and my friend out to dinner that night, and um, and uh, and her husband was a cameraman for OSN in Dubai. And I go, oh, you guys ever do like celebrity interviews? He's like, no, we don't really get much in that way. I was like, I will totally do it. And he goes, oh really? Oh gosh, we'd love to have that. And so he hooked me up with the producer, and then I started doing segments for OSN in Dubai. So, you what? Know, yeah, you just got to ask the question, really. You know, right place. I right can time. always say no. I mean, I'm sure there's been plenty of times where people have said no, but right. I don't know. I try not to ask unless I'm like, I don't know. I mean, it's Good kind work. of like what you were saying when you're talking about meeting all these artists. Like, mm -hmm. it's like going back to like high school when you were yeah. like doing this stuff. It was like you just did it. Yeah, I mean, and so that's why the book is called Going for It. And uh, which, by the way, yeah. yes, you are an author. Yes, coming out with your first book, correct? Mm -hmm. Um, what and how did this all come about? Tell me. I know it doesn't even look like it can read, right? Much less write. But I do. I do write. Uh, so yeah, it's um, uh, that all started because I was doing the segments for Drew Pearson uh, for Fox Sports, and they, gosh, the segments on TV are brutally short. You know, um, it's like they they play a little tiny clip of someone saying something, and they go, and this comes out on Friday. And all the great stuff that you had just 
falls on the floor, never to be seen again. And, uh, and so I remember I interviewed Hugh Jackman about you know, the Wolverine and, um, and talked to him about his life, his career, his, you know, his great moments and all that stuff. And, uh, and <laughs> the, the clip is him going, oh, you know, uh, I wouldn't be in the shape if uh, I wasn't playing Wolverine. They go, and the Wolverine opens on Friday. I was like, ah, that's it. <laughs> and uh, we were doing, I did stuff for ABC, and they just, they really just wanted the promotional thing of whatever they were talking about. And I was like, there's so much more to these people, you know? And, uh, and so I go, you know, I come from the magazine world, so I started thinking, well, you know, I'll just start transcribing this stuff and see if anybody wants it. And so uh, it was like a Thanksgiving break. And uh, I just started going, and I was like, man, there's some good stuff. And I just, you know, because, like, for an X-Men movie, right, you don't just interview Hugh Jackman. You interview Patrick Stewart. And you interview, you know, uh, all the other people that are Michael yeah. Fassbender, all these great people. And then they use, like, this much of it. And so I just thought, you know, let, let's roll with this and see how it works. And then all of a sudden I was like, man, it's like a chapter of a book. And um, around the time I got hit by a drunk driver... Came out and, and, and got sideswiped by an 18-wheeler and uh, came out without a scratch. And I thought, okay, there's something left I'm supposed to do. And uh, I just figured, um, you know, maybe, you know, if I died, those words died with me, you know? So, um, so I think I need to really, like, step this up and hurry up. And I yeah. just frantically, just as fast as I could, typed up everything I thought that had any kind of value to anybody. And, and all of a sudden, I was like holy crap, I have like a few hundred of these, you know? And then uh, I just, um, I submitted it to my friend and I was like, what do you think? Do you think there's, there's value in this? Because it's some great like insight and wisdom and all that. And he goes, yeah, it's great, but you got a lot more. I was like, well, sure. He goes, well, you know, why stop at 300? <laughs> you know, you've got, uh, what, what about that? You told me you talked to the guy from Led Zeppelin. You talked to the guy from the Rolling Stones. Like, why wouldn't that be in there? And so I started going back through the archives. And then I go, okay, this is it. And then the pandemic hit. <laughs> you know? And then oh, I go, wow. Uh, oh, wow. Okay, uh, people maybe, maybe they just don't want to hear from celebrities right now. You know? Uh, and then the whole Zoom thing happened. And that kind of opened up a whole new world because, you know, the thing is, it was if somebody came around and they had time, we could do an interview with them. Or I could do it by phone. But... But Zoom allows us to be anywhere in the world with anybody. Yeah. And so I've been able to talk to so many people on movie sets, in the recording studios, you know, and just at their homes. You know, people showed me their Grammys, their Oscars, you know, that kind of thing. And, yeah. and, it, and so I just started just making these wild requests like I did in high school or in college. I just be like, I don't know. I've never talked to anybody from... Creedence Clearwater Revival. So, you know, drummer's like, yeah, sure, I got Parkinson's now, so I can't, you know, can't perform. So, yeah, sure. And he's just like, anything else you want to know? And it just ended up being this super long conversation. And um, just so much knowledge and wisdom from all these people. So, as it turns out, I ended up doing 350 interviews during the pandemic. So, wow. <laughs> so, yeah. So, um, and how much of that is added onto the book? Well, yeah. So I was just like, okay, well, here we go. And, and we got like, I don't know, like around 800 or so celebrities. And my friend Hayden goes, go to a thousand. And I was like, yeah, a thousand, let's do it. And I just, you know, went crazy. And, and so now, uh, now the book is, um, 
It was called Going For It, and it was advice, wisdom, and Hail Mary moments from the stars. Well, now it's advice, wisdom, and Hail Mary moments from a thousand stars. And I thought, all right, this is great. This is going to be like the, and then we printed it out. And you should have heard the thunk when it hit the table. It was like a textbook. I was like, right. okay, this is, this is too much. <laughs> this is like, no one's, I, I'm not even going to read this, you know? And, uh, and I go, and it's not fair to, to put so much stuff in, in one place and just, uh, you know, there's so many people that just kind of gloss over it. Like, I want this to be like a cool read, something, you know, it's quick and easy and fun and informative. And so we've now, I think, broken it up into a, a few different books. So first one should be coming out in a few months. It just takes a little while. So now it's like a series. Is it yeah. going to be named after like the first one or is there going to be yeah. different titles well, and whatnot? The, the problem is when you get a bunch of people involved, everyone's got ideas. You know, they're like, oh, well, you know, now they're saying, oh, you should change the name of it. Oh, you should do, uh, you know, books that are like this size, you know, kind of like in, you'd see in Urban Outfitters or something or uh, and then other people are like, no, you got to do one big book. <laughs> like one right. guy goes, who says anyone's going to want another book? You know, I was like, ah, oh, yeah, okay, you're right. <laughs> you know, maybe, maybe I'll do one book. And so you're just going through all these kind of things where you're just thinking, shoot, I don't know what the right thing is, you know, but I'm just going to put it out there in the world. And like, and I'm the worst too, because they'll be like, okay, they talk about selling it or packages. I was like, I'm, like, I'm happy to give it away. Yeah. Like this is like my gift to the, the world. And they're like, no, you're a terrible business person. Don't do that. <laughs> I would love to get an exclusive. Yeah. And basically ask you just for one of the quotes as far as of advice from one mm. of the celebrities from the book that yeah. you found profound. Oh, gosh. Uh, there's, there's, there's so many good ones. And I could, I could read off a just bunch. Just one of the hundred. One of, uh, so um, probably my favorite quote in there is from Sir Ben Kingsley, who played Gandhi on the Oscar. Uh, he says, if your motives are pure, the angels will come. And, wow. Uh, just such a beautiful thing to say. What was it know? about that that like, hit you? I don't know. Just, uh, I, I think it's because in relation to, to what I do, like I'm, I'm trying to put this book out there in the world to make people not feel like such an alien. You know, yeah. and not think because it's so hard when you when you like I want to be a actor, I want to be a musician, I want to be an author, but how? How do you do it? You know, uh, like I was a kid from Hartsfield, Pennsylvania, where no one famous came from, and mm -hmm. probably no one will. You know, and but how do what's what's the path to get there? You write a great song, okay. Well, how do you get out there in the world? Now it's a little bit a little bit easier with you know YouTube and things like that, but and uh, but. It's still there's still no clear path, you know. Someone may be a great writer, but you know it's hard to it's hard to make it as a book or a screenplay or whatever. And I think um, you know uh, the people who do really well are the people that would do it anyway, you know. And um, just like this, you know, I, I you know I'm I love talking to people, and even if it was right. I've had it not be my job before, you know, I've taken corporate gigs. To just be like, ah, you know what, this is, it's too much, you know, but I still did it on the side and I still did it on nights and weekends because I loved it. Right. And, uh, and I think wanting to put out the book to make people feel like, uh, look, here's a thousand shining examples of people who they didn't have anything else that anyone else doesn't have, but you know, I mean, sure, you can, you can be guaranteed to be 
rich by, I don't know, good fortune or, you know, um, parents or something like that, inheritance maybe, but, uh, but, but fame, nah, people decide that, you know, that's all, that's all talent. And, uh, and so I think if, if one person reads this book and, and, you know, doesn't give up and, you know, later on can say, man, I read this book, you know, and, uh, and I was going to quit, but I didn't, then it's worth it. It's worth doing. And so, uh, and that is my, my motive. And I feel like it is pure. Like I do want people to, I want them to win. I don't care if people take these quotes and, you know, make them as part of the memes or those little quote things or put the footage out there. I really don't care. I hope they do, you yeah. know? And, um, you know, maybe again, that makes me a bad business person, but I like, this is, this is right from, you know, their, their brain, <laughs> their, their mouth to mine, you know? And, and like, I, you know, I feel like I just have some sort of cosmic duty to put all this out there in the world so that people, you know, people can find that hope and that inspiration because we sure, we sure need it right now. Well, I mean, you know, you're talking about the book and everything coming out and like how you had like a thousand plus pages mm -hmm. And then it gets broken up, and now you've got people like coming at you like this title and that. How do you navigate when you've got all those things coming at you at one time to make the right decision and to understand who to listen to mm -hmm. and how to move forward with it? It's hard because, you know, it's, uh, yeah, I mean, you may tell me something and be like, ah, you know what you need to do? And you might be totally right. And, ah, I didn't think about that, you know, because... Like I said, everyone's got an opinion. Oh, just put out the ebook. You could have it out next week, you know? Um, and some people are like, oh, don't put that out as a book. You know, take all these clips that you have, because you have most of them on video, and make like an inspirational um, Instagram account. And you can make so much more money doing that. I was like, I don't know. I just want to put this book out there in the world. And, and I guess now maybe it'll be a series of books. So we'll see. That's so cool, man. Well, I just. Uh wanted to thank you again for your time yeah. and it was so great seeing you catching up and, and hearing about this book uh, congratulations thank and you continued success in everything that you do um, if is there any advice is there any advice that you could give our listeners and viewers um, anyone who's kind of like in that place where you were as a kid in high school mm -hmm. uh, trying to figure out what you want to do or maybe in college you know uh, what advice would you would you give someone that's trying to pursue? Mm, that's a good question. Uh, I would say ask the question. You know, you can see from from my example that most of the stuff came from me just just asking. You know, hey, can I interview you? Hey, can can I be on the show? Can I do this? Can I do that? You know, and if you don't ask, you it won't happen, and you might and it might eat you up. You might never know. You know, be like, man, maybe, maybe I could have been on, on Paul's show. You know, I've had several people um, that have ended up uh, working with me just because they asked, you know? Wow. And, um, and so I feel like just like I was given a chance and yeah, sure, come on, you know? Uh, but a lot of people, you'd be surprised how many people will ask and then never follow up or never show up, you know? And so that's part of it too is, you know, ask the question, but also and be prepared to show up and, and do it. Because there's so many people in this book and just beyond that that's, that's how they did it. They just asked, like, hey, um, can I put me in, coach? You know, and that's really, 
uh, that's really how I found the best things in my life is just by asking the question. Well, how can our listeners who have learned something, mm -hmm. I'm for sure, I have, but if they're watching, listening, yeah. how can they follow you on social media? Oh yeah, I'm just at Paul Salfen, which is uh, S-A-L-F-E-N. And uh, it's, it's every account is under my name. And uh, yeah, I, I hope they do follow along because uh, I think it's about to get even more exciting. You know, and, and if this book you know, does what I hope it does, then you know, there, there will be more. And uh, you know, I think the next book I'd like to do is um, a book of CEOs kind of telling their stories. You know? And then a book of regular people. You know who've overcome and done great things. So I don't know. Uh, we'll see where it goes. But and but, the name again of the book and when does the first yeah. release happen? Uh, it's called Going for It, and uh, it should be out in the next I think four months. So we'll just say the fall to be safe. Very might make cool. a good Christmas present. I don't know. <laughs> might not be. It might just make a good doorstop. You know, but we'll find out. Thanks so much for your time. Yes, thank you and, so much. Uh, thank you guys for watching and listening, and we'll see you soon. Stay tuned and explore the next Artist Uprising. Use hashtag Artist Uprising to join the movement.